You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Our scripture reading this morning is Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your shine your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Playback! Guys, this is the entertainment capital of the world. I'll give you three weeks to get this show up and running. Johnny, you're going to be working with the number one choreographer in Red Shore City. Yuck! That is rubbish! So bad! Ow! He's freaking me out! Tippitoes! Tippitoes! I don't see your tippitoes! My love is like a rock and watch a blast I'm really having second thoughts about this. I can't do this! Can I try? This girl is on fire! Terrific! But can she act? Take that, you nasty alien monster! Did I do good? Oh boy. You have no idea what you're getting into. Whatever podunk town they crawled out of, that's where they belong. I got you. We cannot let that bully steal our hopes and dreams. Guts, faith, these are the things you need now. It is my pleasure to present to you a brand new show featuring the return of Clay Calloway. Clay Calloway. So step right up and take your seat. The journey of a lifetime is about to begin. I don't suppose any of you can tap dance, huh? (laughs) Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today, this week we talk about Sing Too, and we had a good time at the movies. We clapped, we laughed, we sang. It was a good time, a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I recommend you see it. I know it's available on streaming now as well. 
It's a good movie, and uh, the star of the movie is Buster Moon, who's this koala who owns a theater. And in fact, if you saw the first Sing, I know that that was a, uh, one of the movies you went to five years ago. You saw that, you'll remember that that theater was in danger of being shut down, and so they held an American Idol-style competition, and um, Buster ended up hiring these wonderful musicians who came to be a part of his theater and um, they're just great talents that he loves. Well, in Sing 2, the theater is thriving, and they have a wonderful musical that they put on, and Buster believes in his performers, and he wants them to get discovered. And so he invites a talent scout to see their show, and she leaves before it's over and tells them that they are not cut out for Red Shore City. Red Shore City is kind of like Las Vegas, kind of like Broadway. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And Buster is determined to get them there and to have them audition. And so even though they have no audition set up, they get on a bus and they go to Red Shore City and they sneak into an audition and they are chosen to put on the musical uh, because the producer liked what he heard, especially the fact that they said they would be bringing Clay Calloway to the stage. Now, Clay Calloway was a big star, but he has not been heard from for 15 years. And so um, they, are, they have promised that they're going to get him, but they don't know that that's really possible. Well, they have three weeks to produce this musical. They run into all kinds of hurdles, and each character has something that they have to do in the show that they aren't confident that they can do, something that gets in their way that they have to overcome. Ultimately, that's what we like about these Sing movies. That's what they're all about. Stories of characters who desperately want to do something to shine, but something in their lives prevents them from doing so until they finally do. We can relate to that. Jesus knew that we could relate to that and would have the same struggle from time to time. I imagine it was a beautiful day in northern Israel, Galilee. Jesus is preaching on a mountain, we know this sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, appropriately so. And it's a sermon with all kinds of lessons, and it's a sermon that lasted for several days. That's, I try to keep mine shorter than that, right? <laughs> and in the sermon, there's guidance on how to live as a Christian, how to pray, how to forgive, who is blessed, and Jesus says how to be. He says, be the light. Let your light shine. Don't hide it. Don't let anything get in the way of shining your light because the world needs your light. So put it up on a lampstand. Light the whole room, and when you share it, people love it. They love what they see, and your light compels them to praise God. But like the characters in the movie, we don't always shine. We hide our light under a bushel. Things get in the way, like fear, and fear prevents us from shining the light. Now, in the movie, Rosita the pig 
is given the starring role in the musical. She has a beautiful voice, and she can act, and she's perfect for this part, but she has to fly around the stage on a harness. She has to jump off a a high dive and plummet and just sail around flying high. She gets out to the end of that high dive, and she can't do it. She's terrified. She just can't. And so she loses the part to the producer's daughter who runs up there and jumps off and is on fire and dances all around and, and uh, can't act. Buster realizes that this isn't going to work, that he needs Rosita to play the starring role because she has an amazing voice and she can act. And so Rosita is given her part back, but she still has to make that jump. She still has to jump off the board and fly. Well, the producer is angry that uh, Rosita is given the part. It's taken away from his daughter, and he is mad at everything that's happened, and so he shuts the show down. But they decide that they're going to do it anyway without him knowing, and so they do the show, and the whole world comes to see the show, and the producer finds out, and he threatens Buster's life, as he has been doing, and he says that he's going to drop him from the top of, well, top of his office, the top of the building. Instead, here, it's the top of the theater. And so Rosita is up, and she's at the end of the high dive to jump off, and she's, once again, she's terrified, except then she sees Buster Moon plummeting to his death. And she loves Buster. And so she dives off that high dive, and she flies around, and she catches him. Her fear of his dying was greater than her fear of jumping. She overcame her fear with love. Love enables us to overcome fear. In 1 John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. An article in The Atlantic by Arthur C. Brooks tells us that fear is a primary emotion processed in the amygdala, a part of the brain that detects threats and signals to the body to produce the stress hormones that make us ready for fight or flight. This is largely involuntary, and while necessary for survival is unpleasant, except under uh, controlled circumstances such as a roller coaster. The fear response is also maladapted to modern life. For example, uh, Brooks writes, A friend of mine with a large Twitter following once told me that he felt his chest tighten every day as he clicked on the social media app on his phone. His amygdala was alerting him that dangerous threats lay ahead, and he was getting a dose of adrenaline and cortisol in response, even though nothing was likely going to harm him. However, we have a natural modulator of the hyperactive amygdala, the, hyper, uh, the neuropeptide oxytocin, sometimes called the love molecule. Oxytocin is often produced in the brain in response to eye contact and touch, especially between loved ones. The feeling it creates is intensely pleasurable. Indeed, life would be unbearable without it. 
Oxytocin has also been found to reduce anxiety and stress by inhibiting the response of the amygdala to outside stimuli. If you have loving contact with others, the outside world will seem less scary and threatening to you. John was right. Love is stronger than fear. Rosita's fear was no match for her love. We also find that our love or our light is inhibited from shining when we hear some voices. When others say things to us, the voices that we hear over and over again that tell us that we're worthless. Johnny the gorilla has a beautiful voice. He's a wonderful singer, but he can't dance. And his part in the musical is cast, and he has a big major dance scene. And so he goes to rehearse with the choreographer Klaus Kickenklobber. And Klaus is mean. He's rotten. And he tells Johnny over and over again that he can't do it, that he has no talent, that it's ridiculous that he was cast in this role. And Johnny struggles. He feels stuck. He can't do it. He's no good. Every rehearsal, he feels defeated. In his book, Mistreated, Ron Lee Dunn tells about two altar boys. One lived in Eastern Europe. One lived in a small town in Illinois. Each had the opportunity to assist their priest in communion. Each held the chalice and spilled the wine. In the Eastern European church, the priest saw the spill, slapped the boy across the face, and shouted, clumsy oath, leave the altar. The boy grew up to be an atheist and a communist. He was Joseph Broz Tito, the strongman dictator of Yugoslavia from 1934 to 1980. The priest in Illinois saw the spill, knelt down to the boy's level, looked at him and said, it's all right, son. You'll do better next time. You'll be a fine priest for God someday. The boy grew up to become Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, a much-loved bishop of the Catholic Church. Like it or not, people have power in our lives. The voices we hear can shape what we believe is possible, what we believe we are capable of. Johnny was feeling defeated, and he went outside, and he saw a street dancer and she was amazing. And so when she was done dancing, he went up to her. Her name was Nushi. She's a lynx. And he said to her, can you help me? I need your help. Teach me to dance. And so she does. She teaches him to dance, and she believes in him. And she says, Klaus drained you of all your confidence. And she builds him back up. And in the end, there's the dance war with Klaus, and Johnny is triumphant. Grief also can get in the way of letting our light shine. And that's totally understandable and natural. Great loss can be debilitating. It puts us in a depression. I once heard grief compared to the movie Groundhog's Day. You know, the movie with Bill Murray where he relives Groundhog's Day over and over and over again until he learns to love, basically. So he does the same day over and over again. And that's what sometimes grief feels like. You can get stuck in reliving the death, the illness, the loss. Get stuck in the loneliness. 
with an inability to move forward, which keeps you in overwhelming grief and you just stay there. Clay Calloway was once the biggest rock star. He had famous songs. Okay, he was my favorite character because he was played by Bono from U2. And uh, he hasn't heard, his, even heard, let alone sing, his music in 15 years. His wife died and he quit. He no longer had his inspiration, and so he stopped performing and became reclusive. Well, Ash, the porcupine, is a big fan, and so she reaches out to him, and she spends some time with him. And one day, while he's inside, she's outside on his porch steps, and she starts to play and sing one of his songs. And he comes out of the house, and she convinces him to go with her back to be a part of the musical, to be the end of the musical where he comes out and everyone will go crazy and it'll be wonderful. So he does. He goes with her. And the musical goes through everything that I just talked about. And at the very end, it's time for Clay to come out and sing. And he can't. He's paralyzed. And so Ash goes out and she starts singing. I have climbed highest mountain, I have run through the fields only to be with you, only to be with you. I have run, I have crawled, I have scaled these city walls, these city walls only to be with you but i still haven't found what i'm looking for no i still haven't found what i'm look looking for soon the crowd starts singing and they're all singing along and it's moving and clay starts to move out and he see his wife standing there next to him. And, she recognizes, and he recognizes that she will always be a part of him. He can still let his light shine. In fact, her light within him makes him stronger. And so he goes out onto the stage and he sings. Grief doesn't just go away. It's always with us. But we have to make a choice. Will grief extinguish our light or will we find ways to keep shining? Clay Calloway says to Ash, there's always a choice. You just have to make the right one. Jesus calls us to let our light shine, and that can be a tall order. Stuff gets in the way. But the other thing that Jesus tells us is that we're not alone, that the Holy Spirit is with us. In the movie, each one had a reason not to let their light shine, and each one had someone who helped them to let their light shine. God places people in our lives to help us get unstuck, to help us believe in ourselves, to help us fight our fears. God pl places people in our lives to help us see in ourselves what God sees in us. We can climb highest mountains, we can run through the fields, we can run, we can crawl, we can scale city walls, but we still won't find what we're looking for until we find the strength to let our light shine, to overcome our fears, 
to fight the voices, to move forward in our grief, to see ourselves as God sees us. And when we do that, we'll find what we're looking for and let our light shine. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.